And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Me podcast, Davey Erspin and Mickey Brennan. Um, Davey, I suppose there's only one place to start and that is by apologising to the one and only Keith Sharon from Keith's Beats. Um, I know you'll probably come to it later on but I did see him sharing something on Facebook. Uh, very disappointed he was getting ready to do his runs or whatever it was he was going to do today and we didn't have the podcast ready for him. It is Monday when we're recording this podcast. We usually record it on a Sunday evening and have it out for the loyal listeners, the likes of the Keith Sheerans and all that. But um, we both had something on on Sunday. Um, you were whining and dining your your, your good lady once again. Um, she's taken over your life, Dave Rusman. And I had a family get-together on Sunday afternoon. So it meant that we had to push out the recording of the We Are Meet uh, podcast until Monday. And I suppose... It wasn't a bad idea either. It meant that we could thaw out um, from Sunday's exploits. I know you were in Park Tolchin on Sunday and I had a few things. I actually had to go to Sligo for the Cavan game, which was called off, but then I had to come home and whatever. So, um, yeah, it's um, it, it gave us time to thaw out. And I suppose judging by the result in Park Tolchin and the backlash, I suppose it gives us time to reflect and time to calm down and time to look at things um, and see things in the bigger picture. Yes, I suppose, in the bigger picture and to try and plot our way to safety at this stage, Mickey, unfortunately. Um, we'd sort of expected maybe Sunday would be the, the the delayed kind of commencement for Meads League, if you will, um, but that wasn't to be. And, you know, OK, it's a point and it's not a defeat, but at this stage, we're probably entering must-win territory now next weekend when we travel to Tullamore to take on Offaly and for all the wrong reasons. But it, it is what it is. Um, the, the conditions at the weekend, as you've seen firsthand, tra- trying to travel to Sligo for Cavan's game was horrendous and it wasn't conducive to good football. And uh, it's something that in- incredibly we've had to contend with for the last three rounds of league. Um, Mead haven't played against the Breeze in all three occasions in the first half and I'm not trying to make excuses off the bat straight away but it probably hasn't um, lended itself to us you know, controlling a game from start to finish as opposed to having to chase it week after week but we're probably not the best to chasers hopefully if we do get the opportunity maybe this Saturday will be good front runners Yeah absolutely, well look we will be coming back to the Mead game we're going to start off with the club fixtures that were played over the last number of days um, you know there was uh, rearranged torch and shield games there was rearranged fresh cup games there was scheduled games and whatever and most of the games over the weekend were, were were fell victim to the weather but there was a few that got played and we'll start last tuesday night you're going to love this one it was the torch and shield group a 
and it was Kilmainham Wood against Cortown. This game played in Kilmainham Wood after being refixed. Cortown. Oh, sorry. It was played in uh, Cortown. Yes, it was refixed, and Kilmainham Wood's pitch was still um, uh, waterlogged. So, Kilmainham Wood, the visitors to Cortown, came away with the victory. Davy Rispin, 1 9 to 1 5. Come back to that in a minute. I'll give you time to reflect on that one. Um, on Wednesday night, uh, the first cup rearranged game between St. Peter's Dunboyne and Simonstown. This game was played in Dungani, and uh, Dunboyne came away with the victory 3 11 2 5. On Thursday night, Premier Cup Group B, with Hope 4 12, Dunmore Ashburn 3 9 in the local derby there. And then moving on to Friday night, Cornabonia Group E, Methil 3 9, Beliver 3 10, a one point victory there. For Beliver, uh, Cornabonia Group B, um, all the games getting played in this one. Saint, uh, sorry, um, Delete Bellustown 3 7, Dundery 2 6, St. Vincent's 11 points, Rat Kenny 3 points. That is some win for St. Vincent's. And then in Fresh Group Group D on Friday night, Centralstown 12 points. But look at this one, Dunmore Ashburn, they're just steamrolling everybody at the moment six goals and eight points, and they're banging the goals in for fun. Um, I think we could be looking at a different Dunmore Ashburn this year because they have they've lit up this uh, Fresh Cup so far and they've been consistent and that's one thing that we've always said about them they've got all the quality but they're a very inconsistent team then in the Premier Cup on Saturday one game went ahead St Colin Kills 3-11 St Peter's Dunboyne 1-4 but we'll go back to Tuesday night Davey I'll give you time now to talk to us about Kilmainham Wood and Corton well, this is the sort of start of the horrendous weather that we endured last week, Mickey, and um, Tuesday night. And it was, look, uh, you know, I'd always stand up for Corton's pitch uh, through thick and thin, but it, it was under damnable pressure before ball was even kicked in earnest on Tuesday night. Um, but thankfully, Keith Sheeran uh, came down. And look, to be honest with you, I agree with his decision to, to continue with the game. I think both teams were out there ready to rock and there was no no one actively sort of calling for the game to be called off, even though by the end of it, it, it resembled more of a, a mud bath than a game of football, to be honest with you. But, you know, huge breeze in the first half. Uh, Kilmina Mood led by three at half time. We got it back to a solitary point early in the second half. And then we got a black card, I suppose, midway through the second half. And in those conditions, albeit with the breeze at our backs, you know, man less on, in those types of conditions, we, we couldn't really... Um, narrowed the deficit anymore and credit to Kilmaine and Mud, they managed the game really effectively and they got a the couple of scores at the far side to, to see it out pretty comfortably in the end um, as it turns out probably not a disastrous result for, for us um, I think Baron a miracle uh, we are likely to go through to the semi-final when Drum Condrath play Kilmaine and Mud because regardless of who wins that with the score difference that's in place it, it would suggest that I think Baron it hits an exact scoreline or something like that. We will probably go through as runners up in the group, um, and likely face a Bridget's in the semi final. They they are probably going to top the other group, but that all has to be sorted, Mickey, because there's plenty of games still to be played. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking down through them, we own Simonstown beaten by St Peter's Dunboyne, uh, a nine point victory for St Peter's Dunboyne on Wednesday night in Dungani again. It was. Close, it was relatively close that game for large portions of the game, but then St. Peter's and Boyne, they, um, they just pulled away towards the end. I suppose moving up through those results, Davy, and one that stands, there was a couple that stand out, but Beliver getting the better of Mead Hill by a solitary point um, on Friday night. Um, 
and St. Vincent's beating Rod Kenny so convincingly, 11 points to three. Jalik Belliestown reversing their fortunes and getting a victory. Um, they hadn't been scoring too highly before this and came away with the victory against Dundry. And then Dunamore Ashburn in the Fesh Cup just putting near neighbours, Centralstown, to the sword. All four of them really uh, stand out results, I suppose. For different yeah, reasons. Abso- absolutely, yeah. The, the Beliver one's an incredible result up on me Hill on, yeah. uh, on Friday night. I think they trailed by six or seven points at one stage, obviously missing a whole host of first-team regulars. Mead Hill uh, strong and Mead Hill did still qualify, but full credit to Beliver. Um, the new management, Crash Corrigan, Nick Fitzgerald there, that's a big, big win for them um, and really kind of sets the tone for them. Uh, the Vincents and Rakeni was a mad one. We, we did sort of think it'd be let's say uneventful and stuff, but we didn't expect a margin of victory that big on either side. We kind of said it would be tight and there wouldn't be a whole pile in it. I think Vincent's led by seven points to nil in this game. And uh, is, to the best of my knowledge, they played uh, against the Breeze in the first half, which makes it all the more impressive. Um, Rakeni, despite the fact they were two from two going into this game, really couldn't live with St. Vincent's. Great win for them. They're very strong at home though, Mickey. Um, the Dulik Bellustown one, yeah, great to see them watch probably could quadruple their tally in the two games <laughs> in kicking kick three, seven or uh, Ansem. Um, Dundry, as we said, they've done a lot of work. They haven't done too much sort of pitch work at this stage. So I don't think they'll be too concerned by what's happening. And the Sensham one, I think we kind of call that one. We fancy Dunham Ashburn to, to get a win there. Dunham Ashburn are probably one of the strongest teams on paper at the moment because they have not too many fellas tied up with inter-county commitments. Sensham, on the other hand, they're just leaking too many goals, Mickey. That's actually not a bad scoreline. They got 12 scores and Dunham Rashburn got, what was it, 14 scores, but it was 6-8, six, 6 goals yeah. and 8 points to 12 points. It's a massive sort of um, leaky defence there in Sedgetown and something that they're going to have to look to eradicate quickly by the start of the league. But uh, you're right, Dunham Rashburn are going well and early season form seems to be quite good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that can stand for a lot. Um, going forward, especially a team that know they have quality in it. And, um, you know, it's, I suppose it's stood well, it's done well for Gail Column Kilkells over the years, building momentum um, through the cup competitions early on, bringing it into the league and using that then going into your championship. And um, Dunham Ashburn, I suppose, like last year, through to a semi final, having not played too well. In the group stages of the championship and getting that win and the victory that brought them through to a quarter final, then they got the win over Kells. And you know, maybe that spurred something on in them, uh, in Dunmore Ashburn, because you know, we we've always said undoubtedly, like, you know, and you you they had an intermediate team only a couple of years ago as well, um, that they had a multitude of really good players in it. So maybe we're starting to see something different from them now. Yeah, and they're a classic example of a club that need consistency. They need a run of wins strung together to try and build confidence, as you said. And that's why possibly the Fesh Cup is more of an important competition for a Dunham or Ashburn than it is for a Manalvi, for example, who have a lot of lads tied up. But it's no coincidence if you look at the, I suppose, the run of winners and runners up in their championships of years gone by, that their teams that consistently perform well week in, week out. Gail Colm Kill got to a final two years ago. You know, you've talked about how good they are on game to game. Wolf Tones last year, they competing in two Fesh Cup finals. They were really good throughout the championship, unbeaten. They ended up winning the championship. You could point to Trim in the intermediate. You could point to St. Vincent's last year in the junior. 
there's no coincidence that a team that gets a run up, gets momentum and confidence are obviously difficult to beat, regardless of the personnel that they have at their disposal. And hopefully for Dunham Rashburn, that'll serve them well going into the league. And looking de- Absolutely. Well, looking down through the Cups, Davey, um, in the Talton Shield, um, looking at it, I think there's one game left to be played in Group B for all of the teams. In Group A, Cortown have played all of their games. It's, as we said, Drum Condrath and Kilmainham Wood, uh, I think is the final game in that group, isn't it? Um, and then, so, s- it looks like St. Bridget's will top the table in their own group um, in, in, in the Talton Shield. Moving up then to the Talton Cup, and there's still a lot of games to be played here. Kilbride Boards may have to play, Carner Ross and Dunsany have to play, so nothing is decided in those groups yet. Uh, the Talton Cup Group A, um, looking at this one, um, yet two games played in that one, so there is still around the games to go on that one. The Cornabonia um, Group E, it has been played, all uh, Meath Hill, as we said, uh, losing out to Beliver, but funnily enough, all three teams ended up on two points, but Meath Hill go through on score difference, a score difference of plus two, St. Michael's score difference of plus one, and then Beliver on minus three. So it was all to play for for Beliver in that game had they got a victory by, what, five, six points is all they needed to win that one and they would have topped that group or at least got into a, a second spot. Then looking at the Group uh, D, and Clonagale and St. Pat's, uh, their game is yet to be played and the winner of that one will top the group. Uh, in Group C of the Cornabonia, we're looking at it here. Again, only two rounds of games played, so that will all be decided on the last day of games. Oh, the only group, I think, um, bar the Talton Cup Group B that's that's completed um, is the Cornabonia Group B, where Rakenny have their two wins from two. I suppose, Davy, when you look at it, and Rakenny knew they were through, um, results were going to change that. That might have a bearing on the fact that they lost so heavily to uh, St. Vincent's. But that win for St. Vincent's puts them in to a semi-final, or puts them through to a... Um, a playoff place, I think, isn't it? Um, uh, by getting a better score difference over to League Bayesian. Or, sorry, am I, would I be right in saying that Group A, B and C all um, go through, uh, the top team in each of those groups go through, and then Group E, Group D and E, first in each of those groups play, play each other for, for um, the, the last quarter semi-final spot. I think you could be right, Mickey. Yeah. In the Shield, it's the top two from each of the two groups. And in the Fesh, it's just the group winners. So you're right. I think the Cornabonia or yeah, the intermediate level of that is the only one where there is second, there is an out for some second place teams that are in the bigger groups. Yeah, so I don't think uh, don't think St. Vincent's will get through there. And then in Group A, again, they have a full round of fixtures to go. Same with the Fesh Cup. There is one game to be played in Group D, St. Column Kills have to play a Summer Hill, and that's a shootout for. Well, they, they, actually, that's not a shootout. That's a nothing game because, as we said, the top team in each of the Fesh Group, Fesh Cup groups goes through. So, St. Column Kills and Summer Hill. That game mightn't even be played at this stage. Um, group C, um, the games will have to be played in that one because um, Gail Column Kill and Wolf Tones both on four points after winning two games each and I think if I'm not mistaken Davey they face off against each other in the final round 
Yeah, Jesus. And that's going to be like a, a winner takes all top of the table clash. And as we talked about last week, there's, there's sort of no love lost between those two. So that'll be one to watch. Yeah, and in Group uh, B of the Fesh Cup, there's actually a load of games to be played here because Screen and Trim have only played one game each and uh, Ratholt and Navin and Matnis have played two each. Ratholt on top of that table with four points and Screen on two. And then finally in Group A, as we said, St. Peter's and Boyne are top of that group with four points. They have to play Nafin in their final game, I think it is, and Simonson play Balanabraki. In fact, the only fixture that we have for any of the Cup games for next week or this week is Simonston against Balanabraki on Friday night in Simonston. There is no other fixture for any of the cup games, uh, which is interesting in its own right, Davy. Yeah, and I'm sure clubs are out there trying to look at pitches and assess where they're at maybe for this week because, as we said already, with all the wind and rain that came over the weekend, it's going to be hard for clubs to train, let alone play games on their pitches for the next couple of weeks. So we'll just have to wait and see. The league is obviously programmed to start Saturday or Sunday week. So there's not going to be enough time to finish the Cups, even if the last round of group games carries on. So that's likely going to spill into the spring slash summertime. Yeah, well, looking at the fixtures, we'll just look ahead to the fixtures that are up um, over the next few days. Simonstown and Ballinabracky on Friday night at 8 o'clock in Simonstown in the John Kearns uh, Under-20 Football Development League. Mead will take on Leash. Um, that game is on Saturday at 2 p.m. and the venue is to be confirmed, but it is a Mead venue. And then uh, also on Saturday, is this right, Davy? Mead take on Offaly at half two on Saturday. Um, I thought that was a Sunday throw-in, but it is a that's, Saturday that's throw-in. That's correct, yeah. Mead and Offaly next Saturday, half two, Borden and Mona Park, uh, Borden and Mona O'Connor Park in Tullamore. And then on Sunday, it's Mead versus Westmead in the Alliance Hurling League Division 2A, what a massive game that is. That's two o'clock on Sunday in Trim. We thought it would be in Park Tolchin, but no, it's going to be in Trim. And we'll come back to those fixtures again later on. We're going to move on now to some more results from the weekend. And uh, in the John Kearns Development League, the under-20s uh, football uh, development league, on Saturday it was Mead against Dublin um, in Dungani. Two games on at the same time, I believe, in Dungani. The, the Hurland Development League game was on as well. But Mead were taking on Dublin Davy and unfortunate to lose by three points. 17 scores to 16, but two of Dublin's scores were goals. It was 17 points to 214. Yeah, it was a really, really entertaining game for the for the type of day it was. Um, two really good attack-minded sides going at it and probably playing with a bit of freedom at this stage of the year. I don't think there was, I won't say there was too much emphasis or onus on the result, but both of the sides were looking for a performance and, and I think both managers could hand on heart say they got that from the respective sides. Mead made a really fast start to this game. Mickey hit the first three points on the spin through uh, Jim and Moriarty. Dublin did gradually get into the game and those two goals which you alluded to, Mickey, came in the space of five or six minutes of each other. The second one, a real defensive lapse from Mead um, that was put into the empty net by Luke Brattnock and Dublin led by 2-6 uh, to seven points at half time. Two six to seven points at half time, and I suppose that, like, when you look through it, then um, the goals were the difference at the end of the day. Davy three points between the teams. Made made a really good, I suppose, fist of it in the last twenty minutes of the game, and and just weren't able to reel Dublin in. 
Yeah, and they lost Niall Finnerty to uh, to a second yellow card. Actually, a strange incident. He collected a yellow card, and I think for his protest, did that yellow card got another one and ended up going off. But full credit to me, Mickey. I think they kicked five of the last six points of the game and really made a good fist of it. Owen Frame was introduced towards the latter stages. He made a big difference inside himself, and Moriarty looked particularly dangerous. But I was really pleased to see. The, the likes of Conor Gray coming back, first game back for him. Sean Emanuel was fantastic in the middle of the field and um, a really interesting sort of panel with more fellas to come back into it. I think John McCarthy will be he'll be disappointed with the result naturally, but he'll be very pleased with the with the effort in which the side gave with plenty more fellas to come back into it in the next few weeks. Yeah, and as we said, we uh, will have a full review on our Loyal Royals podcast of that under-20s game, that development uh, league game against Dublin. And Davy Rispin caught up with the aforementioned Conor Gray and, of course, the under-20s manager, uh, John McCarty. And, of course, they will be looking forward to the visit of Leash this Saturday um, at 2 p.m. And, again, the venue to be confirmed for that one. Davy, at the same time, I believe, in Dungani, um, the under twenties hurling development league was uh, uh, taking place, and uh, Mead losing out to Offaly on a score of scoreline of eighteen points to fourteen. But you know Peter Dernan won't be too disappointed with that. Um, you know a good outing for the for the Mead hurlers for the Mead under twenty hurlers, and you know Offaly have done huge work in recent years. So, um, Okay, we always talk about the fact that nobody wants a moral victory and um, whatever, but I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to their next outing in the Development League. And it's a chance to get to see more and more players um, game on game. Yeah, it's difficult today as it was for football. It was probably even uh, more tricky for the hurlers. You know, there was no real give in the Dungani surface or whatever like that. So, um probably a difficult encounter. And as you said, the games are taking place uh, seamlessly beside each other. But... Peter will be happy enough with that. Yeah, I mean, like Offaly are a team that are very much on the up in all codes, really. And for me to get, I suppose, that close three or four points within touching distance of them is good going. Peter will obviously be looking to carry on from last year's success at the minor um, B All-Ireland winners that it was last year. So it's a good opportunity to kick on. And uh, sorry, under 20 B All-Ireland winners. And there's still a good number of those fellas playing um, this year, just like the footballers, I think, just trying to think back, John McCarthy, I think at nine of 15 players who are eligible again next year and the hurlers of a similar sort of squad. So it's made up of a lot of young players in that. Um, so good to see, and they'll obviously kick on as well. Two defeats, you're not in tomorrow victories, but as moral victories go against Alfie in Dublin, they're not bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, sticking with the stick, um, we'll just give another fixture out there. For next weekend, it is the Mead Camogues. They're going down to Wexford. We spoke about this last week um, on the podcast. They're travelling down on Saturday to play against Wexford in Wexford Park. Um, it doesn't give us a time for that one, but um, great to see the girls um, on the road again. And I think it's a three-week break since their their opening round uh, victory over Derry, a three-point victory over Derry, um, and a chance to... I suppose, cement themselves uh, to the top of this uh, table. Like, they are joint second at the moment with Cork, who lost on the weekend. So, But they are playing against the team that are top of the table, Davy. Yeah, absolutely. And look, this is going to be a massive step up in class from what they faced against Derry. 
uh, what feels like an eternity ago that day in Dunmore-Ashburn. It is three weeks ago. I think that game's in for two o'clock, Mickey, in, in Wexford Park on Saturday. So um, great opportunity for me. Going to be a big test for us. I suppose, as Brendan Skihan mentioned a couple of weeks ago to us after the game, the league is arguably a harder um, group than what they have in championship. So it's an excellent sort of barometer to find out where they're at going into championship. And these are the teams you want to be playing. And, and Wexford, down in Wexford, they don't come much harder than that at this stage of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we wish the guys the very best of luck when they go down there next Saturday afternoon. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Speaking of the ladies, we'll go to the footballers. They were playing on the weekend, Davy, um, and they had to travel all the way down to Waterford. Absolutely horrendous conditions for this game uh, on Sunday. I, I think we all knew that, that, that it was going to be uh, horrendous conditions, but... And, um, you know, they came away with a victory, one goal and 10 to one goal and two. Wexford's or Waterford's uh, goal coming from the penalty, uh, uh, coming from the penalty spot. So, to, you know, that's a really, really gutsy performance by this uh, mean team. Yeah, it was never going to be easy going in there, Mickey. I think the venue was actually changed at the 11th hour as well. And um, I don't know, you've probably seen some pictures or clips of the game. Like, as regards to pitches go, it was extremely difficult conditions but Mead managed to hold Waterford scoreless in the second half it was 1-4 to 1-2 at the break and Mead ended up you know comfortable victors in the end with the breeze in the second half at their backs Emma Duggan with six points from playing outstanding performance from her Vicky Wall getting a goal as well looked back to our best now and uh, I suppose what it all means is qualification is assured going into the um, top of the table clash with Dublin next weekend and um, I think that was the sole objective for Eamon Murray's side going down there was to do a professional job it was never going to be glitzy or glamorous um, but thankfully they, they did what they had to do and they're guaranteed that they're placing the rock stages now Yeah, um, when we were speaking about the, um, the fixtures for this weekend or just the weekend gone you know, we were saying the ideal scenario would be that Dublin would get the win over Cork, and they did, Davy. They came with a victory of 215 to 2-3 over Cork, a 12-point victory for Dublin over, uh, you know, the, the Cork side that you had seen the week beforehand. So that's a statement of intent from Dublin. And the nice thing about it is is that, as you alluded to already, they've guaranteed, Mead have guaranteed themselves a spot in the knockout stages. So the result against Dublin... Uh, in in uh, a couple of weeks' time in in Park Tolchin is not going to be of huge concern. It's going to be more about the performance, I think, that day. Performance, but you know what they're like. You know yeah. what Eamon's like and what the girls are like. In having the, on the telly against Dublin or repeated the All-Ireland final from last year, 
okay, both are assured of their place, but both will be absolutely gunning for this. And I'd actually probably argue the contrary to it. I think this is one that they'll absolutely want to win. Um, <laughs> and Dublin will be the same. And, I, you know, I was just looking down at, at the Dublin team that played Cork. It's a sort of new look Dublin team to the one in which we we seen in that All-Ireland final. A few players have stepped away. They've got new players in as well. So, you know, I'd be expecting a massive test in Navin, and that should be a fantastic occasion in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, Saturday the 5th of Mar- March, Park Tolchin, 3pm, um, Dublin visiting Navin. It's the, uh, what is it, what would you call it, the the, the battle of of the, the of the All-Ireland final being reinvigorated in Navin. Clash of the Titans, yeah. Clash of the Titans, a replay of the final um, just being played on home soil for, for the, for the Mead team instead of the Dublin team. Uh, the referee for that one is going to be Maggie Farley as well from uh, Cavan, who incidentally was the first lady uh, to referee an Alliance National Football League men's game on the weekend, which was an absolutely uh, brilliant occasion. And great to see it, Davy, as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen her in the flesh refereeing or whatever, but she's she's a damn good referee. I've heard great things about her. I've seen her doing the line a few times, and uh, obviously she's kept London's winning streak up at Division Four, which is great. And uh, you know they're on a collision course with Jerome Calvin in a, in a couple of weeks' time, but absolutely brilliant. I've I've read a couple of pieces as well about her, and you know people are tipping her to go on and and referee inter county championship games this coming summer as well, which I've no doubt she will. And I think that's another massive sort of breakthrough for the game as well. You know, there's a lot of talk at the minute with the GPA. Tom Parsons was actually at a press conference today. I'm sure you probably heard about it and talking about quality. You know, with the with the Camogie Association yeah. and the LGFA in terms of funding, development works, and and just getting a level playing field basically. And I think the, the refereeing and officiating along with management coming through in in a female capacity is the next sort of big thing onto it so it's absolutely fantastic to see and she's going to be a trailblazer for that yeah absolutely and uh look we want to wish uh Eamon and the girls the very best luck um on the 5th of march saturday the 5th of march park tolchin if you're around get into this game and hopefully the weather will be a little bit better than it has been over the last couple of weeks two weeks could make a huge difference to the weather, Davey. It could, it could be t-shirt weather in two weeks in Park Talchin, so it could. And uh, wouldn't that be absolutely brilliant to have a massive crowd in Park Talchin, as you, in Park Talchin, as you said already, you know, um, that there's going to be the, there's going to be the, the whole razzmatazz about it and there's going to be this festival and carnival ac- atmosphere and we're going to have, it's going to be live on the TV as well. It's just, it's just absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, could you remember, like, when the last time these girls lost a game of football was it to Cork in the championship last year? It was it was it was Kerry, wasn't it? In the league oh, Cork, last year, Cork in the first round of the championship, wasn't it? Cork, uh, sorry, Cork in the first round of the championship. That's right. They only lost yeah, two yeah, games yeah. last year, and the, the, the Kerry yeah. was one. Incredible. But yeah, absolutely fantastic, and uh, wishing them the very best luck. And David, we'll move on now to uh, the other. Uh, big game of the weekend and of course it was um, Mead and Down in Park Tolchin on Sunday this game finished 2-6 apiece it was 2-6 to 2-3 at half time in favour of Down and Mead only managed 3 points in the second half but luckily enough Down didn't manage to score in the second half Davy. Yeah, uh, what a strange game of football Mickey um, very hard to sort of put, put your finger on I mean what happened but but also, I mean, the chance that Mead left behind, you'd have absolutely taken a three-point deficit at halftime with the breeze that there was in the first half. In saying that, I mean, we, we scored two 
cracking goals and then a couple of moments later conceded, you know, two really, really soft and sloppy goals. Well put together moves, but there was a similar pattern to that of Roscommon when we got our goal. And I know it's an old sort of adage in the game that you're most vulnerable when you just score. But but that's that's happened to me now on three different occasions over the last couple of weeks. And at the time, you didn't actually feel that it, it would hurt me because to be fair to them, the last five minutes of the first half, which was our collapse against Galwin was common. Me managed to stem the tide in that time against Down and, you know, started the second half, got back to terms gradually. Down, okay, you could say they were cute and, you know, they the ran down the clock and they did what they had to do. But ultimately, Mead, or sorry, ultimately, Mead's wastefulness in front of the post, six second half wides with that breeze at their back, with the old sort of Achilles heel being the free take and coming back to haunt us. Um, absolutely dominated possession. You could say we were fortunate to get a draw in the end because Caelan Mooney had an unbelievable opportunity to fist the ball over the bar with the last play of the game. I think it would have been harsh on me that they lost the game, to be fair. Um, but you probably couldn't argue with the with Down getting a point based on their defensive effort in the second half. Um, but Meade will feel that it's certainly a point that got away from them. Yeah, um, one point from play over 70 minutes as well um, five frees on the day Davy, and um, the two goals obviously coming from play but you know and 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 it was an horrendous day let's get that and yes you know sometimes while they had a gale force win behind them that can be sometimes very tricky to navigate as well having a gale force win behind you but um like was it down to the fact that Down just got 15 men behind the ball and just made it difficult for me to get into shooting areas? No, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't really say that it was. To be honest with you, Mickey, I think, I think it's a Mead team that are desperately lacking in confidence, right? And Down used the breeze to their advantage in in large extensive purposes perfectly in the first half and pat havern the center half forward was a prime example of that kicking scores from range and you felt that mead would get the opportunity to do that in the second half but mead's reluctance to shoot when they got into what you'd say was shooting positions in the second half with the breeze behind their back 45 meters out they shirked away and time and time again they went laterally they went back and it just enabled down to get bodies back mead's build-up play was slow and ponderous and you know yourself you've seen enough ulster football over the years the likes of a down team, that's music to their ears. They just love if the build-up is slow because they can get fellas back, they can get organised. And to be fair to James McCartan's side, they were bloody well organised, but me just lacked a little bit of clinical edge, Mickey, as we've seen in recent weeks. And once again, that was to, to our detriment. Lacking in confidence, um, for, for sure. But as well, listening to this game on the way back in the car or whatever, it also sounded a bit like the wrong men were taking those long range shots for me. It was, it was defenders a lot of the time that were taking the long range shots. Okay, we did miss a, 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 a whole host of frees as well um, in that second half. I know Harry had two in a row. I think then uh, Jordy missed one. I think Shane, not, was a Shane Walsh, uh, Shane Walsh missed yeah. one as well. Um, I, 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 and whatever, but like from play, the shots that were taken from play, it always felt like it was the wrong player taking the shot from play if that makes any sense yeah possibly you know i can i can think of one off the top of my head where shane mcadee came forward and, and to be fair to shane mcadee it opened up for him and he was 100 right to back himself and take the shot and it, unfortunately maybe our forwards didn't have the same sort of confidence to just go for it but 
Um, it, it was just one of those. We, we carved out countless amount of chances for ourselves. We just couldn't convert. You always felt if Mead just at any stage in that second half knows themselves in front, they would have burst for the finishing line. But unfortunately, yeah. we could just never. And it was weird because I remember looking at the clock with about 12 or 13 minutes left to go. And I think we were level at the time. And I said to myself, I, I had no fear of me not winning this game. You know, you know that when it's a game like that and you think, you know, you're you're gonna win this game. And then I look back and it, you know, 10 minutes later, we were entering an injury time and you're kind of saying to yourself, Oh my god, still how have we not won? Yeah, how have we so many chances? How have we not got ourselves in front? And then we almost lost it. To be fair, Paula Karna made a match saving intervention at the far side to deny Caelan Mooney a certain goal. And then a couple of moments later, he was denied by the crossbar. Um to, to share the spoils in the end. Um, but it just feels like an opportunity lost. And it was the biggest thing for us when we were talking about this game last week was this was a chance now to, to get a win and to look forward to the, the coming weeks, to look forward to Offaly, to look forward to Cork, to look forward to Clare and maybe string together a, a run of results, a run of sequence of results. Suddenly the doom and gloom carries on from week to week. And that that's the biggest disappointment for me anyway yeah. yeah that cloud that depression and um, the lack of confidence whereas if you had got even a one point win you just think of the euphoria it would have brought to the group and how we could have looked forward to awfully and pushed on now we're kind of saying we're going into Tullamore Saturday like they are as well by the way and it's a must win game if we lose it we're in big big trouble yeah um, we we do have a full um, review of this game over on our Loyal Royals podcast with um, interviews from Colm Nally and from Ronan Jones. And I suppose if you were to take a couple of positives from the game, Davey, um, you can pick three, I suppose. Um, we didn't let down score in the second half. Um, we... Okay, that, that that's probably... I know, we didn't let down score in the second half. Ronan Jones is back on the field. Um, and we got a point from the game, you know, um, um, the last 10 minutes of the first half where we've capitulated in recent weeks, we didn't this time. So there are some positives, but I suppose the fact that we don't have two points from the game is the, is the biggest disappointment. Yeah, like I'd, I'm not sure about the one point gained. I, I agree it's a point gained, but to me it's it's a point lost. I'll agree with your other two positives and I'll substitute your third one with the first start for Jordy Muldoon from Gilcom Kill, who was absolutely brilliant, yeah. and uh, Cahill Hickey, who was outstanding. We missed him so badly against Roscommon two weeks previously. He was back in, he was to the heartbeat of that Mead team. He was fantastic. Um, and, and look at, okay, Harry Hogan missed a couple of frees, but a couple of scores he got as well in the first half, similar to what he did against Roscommon against the Breeze, were brilliant. And I think long-term, he's going to be the man to come up and hit those sort of frees for us. And he's a really good young player and synonymous of, I suppose, the type of young players that were brought through Owen Harkin as well has really established himself in that full back line. So there is positive. Scully as well, coming back into the side, got a goal um, and took up brilliantly. I thought he was he was very, very good. His directness um, is something that we've been crying out for for a few weeks now, and I thought he was really, really impressive. So undoubtedly, there's positives. There's plenty of negatives. Um, it's Don't a point forget. gained. We're off the board, but go on. Don't forget Ronan Jones. Give me more, like uh, you know, he just. Yeah, no, like I'm, he, I'm agreeing. Was, I'm agreeing with that positive. I know, but uh, talk about him a little bit. Like he, he was just from from all for all intents and purposes. Listening to the game on the way back, you mentioned um, Carl Hickey and um, Carl Hickey, Robin Clark, Harry Hogan, 
and uh, uh, Ronan Jones, from what I was hearing, were just on, looking for the ball and on the ball so much. I mean, Harry Hogan was was up and down the field taking frees and stuff, but it was was excellent from his kickouts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Jones was brilliant and he was a huge plus because I don't think too many people expected him back as soon as he has been. Um, but he's a fella that's so motivated, so driven and you'd swear he was never away. He's played very little football over yeah. the last, what, 12 to 18 months for me. And uh, okay, he was a little bit, his touch or his sharpness was just a little bit out. You could tell that. But he brought the typical dynamism, the power, the panache in the middle of the field and the drive that we've been missing so badly in the last couple of weeks because he's integral to the way in which me play. You know, sort of similar to Achilles O'Sullivan in full flight. He's the man that drives our teams and, and wins stuff and, you know, puts a shoulder to the wheel. I think he'll come on for the game. I really do. I think he'll he'll benefit from it. And hopefully for his sake and indeed Mead's sake, he can get us of games to get because we we need him. We absolutely need him in that middle third. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we said, we have a full review over on our Loyal Royals podcast, interviews with the man who's back, Roland Jones, and of course, Colin Nally, um, Andy McEntee, who had received the red card at the last game, was in the stands, so he wasn't available after the game, but we did get an interview with Colin Nally, so head on over to our Loyal Royals for that one. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Davy, um, it's now time to go to gaapredictions.ie and run through the scores that everybody in our league got this week, Davy. And I'm saying that really loudly so that you don't forget to give us the score that you got this week, Davy. <laughs> Thanks, Mickey. I thought you might forget, but uh, no, uh, you're like an elephant. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I wintered well. <laughs> um, so there, I suppose just a little disclaimer, there is people here who played in the first week that maybe haven't played since. So um, I'm just going to try and get it from the person who's played the three weeks down, who is going to be the bottom one. To be fair, Shane Mangan has played the last two weeks and he's at 28, so he'll catch up with me by next week if he keeps going the way he's going. Um, not going ahead of the person, you, no? <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, the person at the bottom who has played the three weeks that she's suffered similar fortunes to myself is poor Susan Farrell, who was in Ryan's, I think, Drowning Our Sorrows as well on... Um, on Sunday evening on the back of, I'm not sure, was it the meat performance or was it the predictions, but uh, I, I should have really joined her judging on my result. But uh, Susan props up the table, Mickey. Um, next one is Comic Matamo. Kenny Morgan's in at 42. Mags Joyce, who collected a Stein Me jersey, by the way. Congratulations to Mags. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely um, brilliant. Entered the Sporters Club and 
you couldn't have went to a better winner. She is 43. She's joined by Robert Perfield with 43. Are you There's given this there. week's I are you given this week's score of what they got each each of them? Oh so, well, no. Well, you can start <laughs> now with, tomorrow. Okay, start now. With no, 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 no. Wouldn't yeah, be a bad. Wouldn't be a good what, time to do what that. What did Davy Rispin score this week? It was single digits. Uh, I I am on forty five points. Joanne Burns ahead of me on forty six. <laughs> Jamie Levy forty eight. Sean Duggan forty nine. Colin O'Brien fifty one. This embarrassing some of the names ahead of me, by the way. Um, <laughs> Porrick Boylan's fifty two. As is Richie Burns. I love the way you stopped at Colin O'Brien and went, oh yeah, and it's embarrassing to see some of the names that are yeah, around me. <laughs> that was the tip of the iceberg, to be fair. There's yourself as well in at 53. To be fair, still within striking distance, you're not, you haven't exactly pulled what did you? What did like you that. score this week? Eight. Sorry, what? Oh, you scored eight. What are, what are you on this week after scoring eight? I know, will you stop? Will you stop? What, I said what it was on. No, but what's, what, what, yeah, what is it? I'm just trying to work out the difference. 45. Between, uh, 45. God, and I'm on what fifty three. Mm. So I only scored like You're, fourteen points or something this week, did I? You got you got fifteen. Oh, okay. I thought I got more than that, but go on anyway. So that's all right. Nope. All right. Sorry about that. Kira Lawler's ahead of you at fifty four. Mark McCoy fifty five. Tommy Owens fifty five. There's a host of people on fifty seven, including Fergal Lynch, Barry McDonald, Sean Hughes. Shane Mulvaney and Thomas McLeod. 59 is Eddie Holton and Leo Weldon. Next up on 60 is Darren McGill and Garrett Lynch. Gary Alder and Henry Clifford are on 61, along with Peter Duffy. My God. Uh, Alan Tormey's on 62. <laughs> Alan Brown, James Costello, and the Emmanuel PS tapes, along with Nicholas Finney, are on 63. 63. Oh, Lord. Gary Coynes on 64, Damien Farley 65, Nicky Gogan 67, Colin Crosby 68, Donica Lynch 69, 71, and is Pora Coyle and Mike Chambers. We're getting near the top now. Shane McNiffs at 75, 77 is Shamey Gallagher. Pora Carlin, who was a previous winner, is on 81, Aideen Smith on 84, and still top of the tree for the third consecutive week is that man Barry Hand. He's on 89. And and Aideen Smith is on eighty four, five points behind him. Not yeah. so bad. So not there's so bad. there's eight points covering the top three in the standings after three weeks. So all so you know, You're on forty five. I'm on fifty three. And PS tapes is on sixty three. Um, that's, that's that's all that really matters. That, isn't that's it, all that really matters. It doesn't. I couldn't less when anybody else's score. Only those three. <laughs> um, really, really interesting. Uh, in that well done uh, to everybody who is going well in the league um uh, what, what is leading at 68 uh, no 89 oh, 89 yeah i've a bit to catch up on there 36 points behind the leader but as i said i'll do that over the course of two weeks i and would you believe you know the four games that were called off this weekend in, in the Dalian, mm. I had the four, I do, I had those four results right as well. So I did. So that's oh, did you? Okay, right. Yeah, I had the yeah, four yeah. results there right. So it's an awful, it's an awful disappointing. Uh, it's <laughs> awfully disappointing that they, those games didn't uh, go ahead. Um, Maybe but, that's why uh, you thought you had more points. Yeah, yeah, I added those into it. There were four draws, would you believe? Um, so I would have been ah, top of the table. Yeah, I would have been top of the table. So who won uh, this week, Davy? Um, I believe that there was a couple of shared prizes this week. 
Yeah, Barry Curran won it outright, Mickey, with, uh, let me just get the final results. Sorry, John Curran won it out with 36 points and he gets the 100 euro uh, first prize. Uh, he had the two, sorry, he had three draws. He had the two in Division 2 and the one in Division 1, so that was some goal wow. by him. Uh, Thomas Burke was second with 33. He gets 50 quid. And we had joined third with Mickey Coslow and uh, relation your Shane Crosby on 32 points apiece. They get 25 quid each. Yeah, Shane Crosby, uh, we were talking about it last night. He said to me, you know, that he heard it on the podcast and he hadn't done it up until this point. So he says, I'll, it, I'll, I'll give Cortown three, three euro because they could do with it. Um, he saw the pitch once or twice and uh, he drove by it. Um, He'll be playing on it soon <laughs> if don't have the Matneys keep going the way they're going. <laughs> but he was saying to me, I had two draws. I won't be too far away. And I says, do you know what? You won't be in... He wasn't. He was right up there, and uh, well done to him um, picking the two draws. He picked the draw between uh, Mead and Down, and he picked one of the ones in uh, in Division One. He had Arman Monaghan, I think, wasn't it? Arman Monaghan. He picked the draw on that one, so he did, which was uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, and do you know if you had picked all draws this week, you would have ended up with twenty-five or twenty-six points, Davy? Yeah, that's true. No, and you you wouldn't have been now. You wouldn't have been too far away from being top of the league, like see you, want. Um, you would have went past. There's the tactic in it, isn't it? And there was four there games is. off as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, with the weather the way it was, it was probably an idea to go for. But again, just to let everybody know out there, um, who's listening to the podcast, there's somebody who's after winning twenty five euro for three euro just by entering it. You don't have to be in it, um, for the seven weeks, as we said. You can do it. Each week of the National Football League, you have to predict all the results from the four divisions and you get different scores for each of them. And uh, if you end up with the most points on that given week, you could be in uh, with a chance of winning a share of 200 euros. So for three euros, it's not bad and uh, it's a bit of crack as well. Um, JV, we'll move on now to our lotto segment and have the PROs been in contact with you. I have indeed, Mickey. Uh, the first one up is from uh, Minaldi, and uh, they had no jackpot winner on Sunday night. That was the 28th of February. The numbers drawn were 1, 5, 13, and 26. They had five match three winners who collect 40 euro each. Uh, they were Seamus Kearns, Jacinta Meehan, Marie Kangley, Liam Brogan, and Kean Lynch. They had one special online prize who goes to Siobhan Crosby. She collects 50 euro. Next draw takes place on Sunday the 27th and it's a jackpot of 12,400. So very appetizing one there in Minolte still, despite the fact they handed out a jackpot only a matter of weeks ago. Um, coming up next is the usual suspects in uh, Dunshockland and Royal Gales and their draw from last Monday night there was no jackpot winner 3, 14, 21 and 24 were the numbers drawn uh, they had one match three winner who collects 200 euro and it's the one and only Christy Purcell uh, the next draw takes place tonight as we're recording Monday at half eight live on Facebook 13,000 euro of a jackpot 13,000 euro of a reserve 6,200 of a second reserve there's 200 euro added into that every single week play that one on Club Force um, Screen GFC uh, their lotto jackpot from the 13th of February 8,200 euro jackpot was not won the winning numbers were 1, 12, 17 and 25 they had uh, 4 Quick pick winners who collect 40 euro each, and they were Serena Smith, Lorraine Mangan, Deirdre Rooney, and Nessa White. 
they move on to 8,200 euro next week. Longwood, uh, 5,800 euro was not won. Uh, the lucky dip winners were Mikey Sweeney Jr., Michelle O'Reilly and Jim Mahan. The winning numbers were 9, 11, 12 and 23. You can play that one on Clubs app. Blackhall Gales, results from last week. Numbers drawn were 4, 16, 22 and 24. They had no jackpot winner. The 30 or winners were John Corrigan, Tom Healy, Mick Neville, uh, Lauren, sorry, Laura O'Leary and seller's price goes to Carmel Conlon. The next draw takes place on the 28th of February, live at St. Kieran's. Well, jackpot of 9,600. So that's built up well in Blackall Gales. Manalvi starting afresh, as we said a couple of weeks ago, they're at 700 euro currently. The winning uh, jackpot, sorry, there was no winning jackpot last week. Thankfully, the numbers drawn were 9, 11, 27, and 28. David Kane, Rachel O'Neill, and Nicola O'Rourke collected 20 euro prizes. Um, the next draw takes place next Monday. You can play it on Manalvi, gfc.ie, or on the Club Force app. Castletown GFC, uh, €1,300, no jackpot winner. The numbers drawn were 3, 9, 25 and 27. Lucky dip winners were Colm Smith, Michelle Lennon, Matthew Kelly, Penny and Poppy, Ollie Casty. Uh, Gail Colm Kill. From last week, the numbers drawn were 2, 14, 20 and 26. €12,000 jackpot was not won. They had three match three winners who collect €50 Euro each. They were Paul Clark, Joyce Callahan, and Katrina Callahan. Um, they go again at €12,000. My own court in GFC, €8,000 jackpot from last Friday wasn't won either. 17, 20, 27 and 31 were the numbers drawn. The 20 euro winners were Fiona Curran, John Gill, Vivian Usher, Lawrence Brooks and Michael Lynham. The Mayo retro jersey went to Joe Kenny and the jackpot rolls on to €8,100 next Friday night. You can play that one at cartoongea.com forward slash lotto. Um, next one up is Oldcastle. It's still at 12,000, which it's currently capped at, uh, and it takes place every Wednesday. You can play that one on Club Force. And the final one on my list is from Kilmainham, 9,600 euro every single Monday night on the Club Force app. That's it from me, Mick. No bother, I the usual two. Uh, from Centralstown, last week's uh, draw took place on Monday, as it always does. Monday the 14th, Valentine's night. The numbers drawn were 2, 7, 13 and 22. There was no jackpot winner. There was five 25 euro winners. They were Eric Award, Colm Darby, William Lawler, Desmond Johnson, Finian and Holly uh, O'Day. This week's jackpot will be 10,000 euro. It takes place tonight. Um, you're probably too late to um, enter that one, but you can enter next week's one by going to uh, smartlotto.ie forward slash centralstown. Uh, GA Lotto so or you can go to all their social media pages and get their um, links for their Lotto there and uh, Simon's Town's Lotto next Friday the 25th of February is 1250 you can play online uh, and on the club's app app there was no winner of last year's 1200 euro um, jackpot the lucky dips were Colin Howard, Justine Maeve Ward and Phil Keenan. The numbers drawn were 22, 24, 29 and 31. Davy Rispin was smiling as I said that because he knows when he's doing the lot with his club. If you see the highest, the lowest number being 22, you're nearly guaranteed that the lotto is not going to be won. Jelly didn't just uh, finish it there. He says, 
In other news, uh, League of Ireland is back and Oriel Park was rocking last night. Uh, that was obviously he texted me on Saturday. Uh, I'll do my best to stay away from Instagram Interactive tomorrow evening. Uh, I met him last night and he said he was going to send you loads of Instagram Interactive. Um, he then sent me a video of what the atmosphere was like in Dundalk in Oriel Park uh, on Friday evening. It did look quite um, entertaining to say the least. Um, you know, it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's League of Ireland time, Davy, and we're going to get hit with loads of that stuff, I'd say. Yeah, we are. We'll come to that in due course, Mickey. I know you had a, an in-depth conversation on the Shelburne and St. Pat's game last Friday night with Jelly as well, so uh, you might throw us a little <laughs> bit of insight on that later on when we come to it. But we'll start with, with Mead, as we know best, with Rachel Mallon, and uh, she said that Cottle Hickey had a class game. Yeah, look, he's he's just been brilliant, Davy, and you were there. You you're singing his praises, and he's uh, he's he's one of the players that you know has really cemented himself into that squad. He has, yeah, and he's become an integral part of it as well. Make he possibly Donald Kogan doesn't have the maybe the same engine that maybe he once had, but if you're looking for a protege to maybe fill his boots eventually, I think Carl Lakey is to the forefront of that at the moment and great to see him thriving in this sort of environment, which it, it it's okay. It's easy to pick leaders when you're going well, you know, but if you're looking when you're maybe not getting results and performances aren't the best, Carl Lakey's a young player that's standing up and making himself counted. So, you know, full credit to him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Sean McDonagh said, how good is the surface in Park Talton? As bad as the stand is, the pitch is excellent. <laughs> well, that, like, you know, I, I am always singing the praises of Park Talton. It's, it is the second best, best surface in the country after Crow Park. There's, I don't think there's any other pitch that, you know, stands up to it. Absolutely. Uh, Sean also said, um, should any league games have been played this weekend? Weather was awful. Yeah, like, the, 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 there's been a lot said about this over the last few days um, on social media and people calling for, like, league football not to be played in February or March anymore to start your league football in April. And, do you know, I, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think, like, you know, it's, it's a... It's a it's just such a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get weather-wise this time of the year. Now, had they decided this year that the league wasn't going to start until April, there's no surer thing than the weather would have been absolutely amazing for the last three weeks, so it would. You know, but like I, I just think that it just... It's so unpredictable, but, number one, and it just... It's not conducive to good football, and it levels the playing field, and... It's not always the best team that wins. And I'm not using that as an excuse for me, that me didn't win because because of weather or that me they're a better team than anybody else. But a lot of the time at this time of the year, you see that um you see crazy results. And then those teams, if they meet again in the summer, it'd be a role reversal of the or a complete reversal of the score lines, maybe. I, I think the problem with that is that you know, if, if okay, in an ideal world, you'd say absolutely play them in, in April, but with this split season that's going to be coming in, I, I don't think that's a viable option for inter-county football. Um, and what's more is they're even proposing playing the inter-county championships before the league. So, you know, it, it's... Oh, it's the easiest... But, 
the easiest thing, the easiest thing to do is just let the GEA go professional. And, you know, then your clubs... Domes, your clubs, domes. Yeah, what? Domes everywhere. The, like the dome in, in the West. Well, well, there's that. There's domes everywhere. Or, uh, all indoor football for the, for the league. Or just go professional. And that means that your your inter-county season starts around April or May. Your club season starts around April or May. And nothing is affected because one <laughs> can't affect the other. And we, and we get to watch beautiful football um, from club and county in lovely weather the whole way through. That's 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 my only say on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, <laughs> Jack Blake, and this is a humorous one, he said, Dylan Scully's won six against St. Mary's this morning, the goat Scully. I don't know, you, you were in on the bit of banter with St. Bridget's over yeah. the weekend. Um, that game didn't go ahead, so people thinking that Dylan Scully scored one six from centre half back. That, that's a bit of a fib, but he said he was going to. I think that's what that's where this is originating from. Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same as me saying that the four games that were called off on the weekend, I got the results of all them right, um, because they weren't played. Similar to uh, Jake, he would have scored one six had that that game gone ahead. But um, uh, as we said, you know, if St Bridget's PRO can't get to the games. There will be no games. So that's the way it is. They gotta sort that out. They gotta make sure they got a PRO in the game or else there'll be no games for anybody. Very much so. Uh the next one comes in from uh Adam McDonald. There's gonna be a bit of this as well. I'm sure you've seen Jordy Morris's sideline, and he said the Cavan man, Jordy Morris with the shot. <laughs> <laughs> the Cavan man, Jordy Morris. Yeah, look, it's very rare. And like when you see that happening you kind of question yourself and say, should that game gone gone ahead at all? Like, okay, then the surface was fine and the surface can hold that game. But if you're not able to execute the normal skills of a game of football because of the weather, like, you know, that's where I kind of say that I don't agree with games being played in, in, in February and March. It's it's just, uh, it's a mind. I, I think, I think though, you know, if Jordy could have another go at that, I think well, A, he probably wouldn't be shooting and, and B, he wouldn't have been putting the sort of height he put on that shot. You, you know it yourself. And C, that was an outside of the right boot shot. That wasn't <laughs> an inside of a left foot shot. That was never Fair, on yeah, the yeah, left yeah. foot kick or so it was. Yeah, yeah. You're kicking I, into I, the I eye. Can, I can vouch. So there's three things there. Yeah, so, there's three things. Like you you're know. kicking into the... Yeah, going with your left foot there, you're, you have to kick it into the eye of the breeze and then try and curl it. Whereas if you're going with the outside of the right boot, you're actually never kicking it into it. You're kicking it sideways to it and using that wind. So yeah, Jordy shouldn't have been taking that one. Like you know, and that's that's simple as. Yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a few more on uh, on that one as well, which we might get to in a few minutes time. Sorry, Mickey. There's just so much Instagram interaction yeah, yeah, this yeah, week, so we're gonna me. gonna have to be patient about it. Uh, the next one is a kind of humorous one from Liam McNamara and the. I suppose you have to kind of look at the, the funny side of this. And he says, looking forward to an away day to London next year. <laughs> I'm getting an away day to London this year, so I am with the, with the radio. So I, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm like going, like, it's probably the only positive about, um, about Division 4 is that you get, you've got the chance of an away day in London. Like, so, um, it's the one you actually look for to, to be away. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah absolutely it's not not beyond the realms i hope i sincerely hope it doesn't happen but you know it could um 
Sean Doyle is a little bit more cynical and he says any chance that could use a full forward line. Yeah, look, um, funny thing is, is that like, there's an awful lot of uh, abuse coming through for, 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 for the team and for, for the management and the whole lot. And I like, I, 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 I look at it and I think, well, like, is there any players in the county that should be on the Mead team that are not on the Mead team? And I would say 99% of the best players in Mead are on the Mead team. There's a couple of exceptions. And I think we'd agree that we think that Aaron Lynch should get a shot or should have got a shot at this stage because he is one of the most exciting forwards in the county. And look, Aaron is not without his faults either, you know, Um, but I do think he's a player that, that, could and should deserve a, a chance um, in there as well. But by and large, we're not missing any of the best players in the county off the Mead team, bar the ones that are injured. Um, and I think we still have to be patient with this Mead team. I think that we do have a, a huge crop of talented footballers going to make their way into this team over the next couple of years. And and that will be the foundation for 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 moving on but we've said it they've got to be in division two or got to be in division one for when those players come through um and and, and then kick on but it's interesting as well a couple of people i saw them putting up uh like the likes of your armas and teams that meet played uh russ commons and whatever over the last number of years from we'll say seven or eight years ago when we played them and by and large or six years ago we'd say by and large the squads are similar they've gone in the opposite direction to Mead uh, and whatever. Yeah. It really is interesting, so just when you look at that. Carol Gibney says, the fact you don't know who the Falcon is. Yeah, yeah, who is the Falcon? He said, did he did he tell us? No, he didn't. He's keeping us guessing. He's a mystery man in Balnacree, but we, we'll get to the bottom of that. Yeah. Um, lucky to be working. Uh, he has oh. a few contributions this week. Uh, the first of them saying... Keep the ball low. Play against the strong breeze. I was told that when I was 10 years old. <laughs> True. Yeah, absolutely. He's right. Is he is he is he talking about Jordy's shot there? Is he? <laughs> I actually don't know, or is he talking about the supply in? I, I'm not actually sure, to be honest with you, but he's got a point on both, you have to say. Um yeah. he says the Mead ladies are athletes and will go unbeaten in division one. Let's hope so. Um, you know, let's hope the weather is not as crazy as it has been for the last couple of uh, weeks and um, the day that Dublin come to town and that we get ideal conditions to go out and play a really nice brand of football and, and beat them again. I think this could become the lucky to be working sponsored Instagram interactive on We Are Mead, Mickey. His next one is uh, Mr. Rispin. Three Mead games he went to. Two defeats, one draw. Show some encouragement, Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh he's is he following you or are you following him? He's a good follower to be fair on Instagram, I have to say he's entertaining. <laughs> uh, he, he he said extra time sport needs to get out of the attic and go to a few games. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people out there uh on social media who need to get out of the attic and go to some of these games and get behind the meat team instead of knocking them from their keyboards. He said, Kildare Ham's beaten. Some Kildare Ham's told me that Kildare will win the Leinster. <laughs> Look, I'm not, 
it's a bit early to be um, to be throwing that one out there. So it is. You, you got to wait until after they've been beaten in the Leinster. But uh, um, I'm surprised he's not uh, getting the rib in against Dublin. Three losses and he's if they, no, if, no, Kildare Hams is his one. Yeah, but if Kildare Hams beat Dublin, Dublin are relegated. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I think he'd still rather Dublin win. He's got a particular hatred towards the Kildare Hams. <laughs> um, he signs off by just saying he had a drink free weekend and it's key. Can you believe it's only five sleeps to Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Eternal optimism. Uh, great. Great to see. Um, Adam McDonald says we miss Andy on the line. Yeah, um, you know, nobody nobody talked about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, would Andy have been able to get a message across in that second half to the lads? I'm sure he would have, you know. Um, they definitely would have heard him. Yeah. Um, Aaron Kyo says redevelopment of Park Talton because the grounds are shocking. Yeah, well, that is in the pipeline, and we are uh, meeting up with Seamus Kenny in a couple of weeks, or and then over the next week or two, to get an interview with him about that and get an update on what's happening um, with the redevelopment of Park Tolgen. And Niall Flynn says overcoached. Uh, that can happen. That can happen. I remember. I remember under a, a certain management team that I played under, um, and been given out handouts on how forward play should be played. Um, oh, God, and who, who's that? I'm not, no, 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 no I'm not, I, I won't tell, I won't tell. It wasn't, this wasn't a club, this is a county level. And we were getting over 100 handouts a week on how, on each play, each page had a different play. If the ball is here and you're standing here, this means you have to run here and they have to run there and he has to run there and the ball has to be played here. And like over a hundred um, uh, of these sheets a week, and you to go through them and go right. So when the ball is here, like how many different places can the ball be in a forward line, and how many different positions can you take out? You know, sometimes you can overcoach it. Sometimes it's an awful lot simpler than we make it. Yeah, and I'm sure that made uh, great fire starters. Did the, the, those pages, Mickey? Actually, sitting down for the first the first couple of days and going through them and going like okay 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 and then i went what the bloody hell am i at yeah they did they make great fire starters then shane riley says division three next year um what does he want to say about division three next year um i look i i don't know um i don't think so i think that there's plenty of scope for me to um, there's plenty of time for me to sort out this year and sort out their league campaign. Obviously, at this stage, we can't say we're going to win the league or we're going to get promoted or whatever. But I do think that there's plenty of time and plenty of games uh, for for these mead lads to, uh, you know, rectify what's happened in the last three games and stay in Division Two. Yeah, their backs are against the wall, and a win la- last Sunday would have been huge that extra point would have been huge. Um, I think there's just, as we said earlier on, this cloud hanging over them at the moment, that that was a great chance to get rid of that cloud and to maybe burst on, get a few results in a row, cement yourself as a Division 2 team and get ready for championship. But yes, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but I don't see us going to Division 3 still. Keith Meath said some positives from the down game. Kyle Hickey was brilliant. Yeah, 
we mentioned Carl Aikie already. Um, we said he was brilliant. Um, great to see Ronan Jones back. Um, I still think that probably our find of the year is Hogan and Goals. Um, I, I just think that he's quality. Um, very unlucky in the second half um, with that 45, I think it was, um, that came off the upright. And uh, then moments later, we got a free... I think it was a long-range free, actually, and it came off the upright. And then a couple of minutes later, we got a 45, and it was from the left-hand side, and it tailed off to the left. Had he hit the first one, I think he would have hit the second one. Mead would have went ahead, and Mead would have won that game. But I do feel that the pressure keeps building and building and building and building on these players. When one player misses, then the next player misses and whatever. A bit like, do you remember Dublin a couple of years ago in the Leinster final, and we had as many chances as them. We still lost by 14 or 6, was it 17 points actually? It could have been like 21 points to 4, but we created more chances than Dublin that day. So, uh, yeah, we just we just need somebody to take the, the, the mantle with the score. Sean O'Connell said only three points in the second half. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one when you score 2-3 against the wind, against an absolute blizzard of a wind. And then you go and you score three points with the wind in the second half. Well, you've already alluded to the fact that down we're back in numbers. Me just weren't clinical enough and looked nervous for shooting. And we were getting the ball to the wrong shooters. We need we needed our shooters on the ball, but we were getting more defenders shooting from long distance than than, than shooters. The first bit of the League of Ireland comes from Michael Tiernan, and uh, he said. Conor Quigley getting ran out of Shelburne home end on Friday night. Hashtag Pats till I die. Oh, he got ran out of the, the the Shells home end, was it? Seemingly, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I watched that game. It, was, it wasn't a bad game of football, so it wasn't considering the um the the weather and listening to them afterwards, the the St. Pat's management saying that the pitch was very boggy, um, which you wouldn't expect from an uh uh, a League of Ireland pitch, but I thought Shells played well and um, just didn't have a finish. So, so did I watched it as well. I, I think they didn't have a striker to put the ball in the net. The training was very harsh on them, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, they were hitting the counter, you know. Yeah. St. Pat's played well in the counter, but um, they created enough chances to be in that game. And look, I thought Chris Forrester was was excellent. Um, I thought he's great. His little, I thought his little roll through the the legs uh, on the edge of his own square was was a nice bit of uh, techers. But uh, yeah, that's enough uh, League of Ireland. But I guess there's going to be more. It, there is, and it's from Jack Walsh as usual. And he said the Pats fans singing are getting sacked in the morning to Damien <laughs> Duff Friday night. Welcome to the League of Ireland, Duffer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, you know. Duffer hasn't made it easy for himself. He's 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 uh, fell out with a few um, journalists and whatever in the last few weeks for asking certain questions and stuff like that. And he'd he'd have a little bit of a temper himself. So um, I think it, it's good. Look, I think shells would be grand. I think they'll do all right and uh, in the Premier Division. But I think that uh, Duffer is is, is going to take an awful lot of uh, abuse for the year. Robert Perfield said, but what's at stake having to play in them conditions is a nonsense. Whether skewing results and that could see a team playing in Talton Cup in the summer or missing promotion, etc. 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's my whole point about um, uh, playing in February and March. Um, I, I just, I, I don't. It's 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 again. It's so unfair because like a team could get the wind in the first half and the game is over at halftime, especially when it comes to like professional Gaelic football because we're talking about semi. Well, not we're, we're talking about teams that are prepared as well as any professional team. Um, in any sport and you know to to not have it as a fair level playing field um, now obviously there's wind in, in, in April and, and May and June and July and whatever but you know I, if the pitch was if the conditions were a little bit better I think it'd be fair or whatever I, I just don't see I think it's a, a bit of a lottery the leagues and um, yes you would say that like the best teams will always shine through and all that and whatever but I do think it's a little bit of a lottery at this time of the year. Absolutely. Uh, next one comes in from Sean Fitzgerald, and he said the veteran Declan Dowling is retiring. <laughs> is he not retired already? Has he not come out of retirement about five times now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't Every know. year uh, he David, comes out of retirement. Yeah, David Donnelly said the transition from defence to attack is too slow, not going forward as much as we could. Again, listening to it or whatever, Davey, I'll get your opinion on this as well, but it does sound a bit slow that we're letting teams get back into his defensive setup. We're carrying the ball and going through the hands and whatever, whereas after turning over ball, you know, and the best thing to do when you turn over ball, because the opposition has to be, they, they can't still be in defensive defensive setup. They, they have to be out of position. And the best thing to do is move the ball forward as quick as possible. We do tend to go through the hands. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably why our, our inside forwards are maybe struggling as well because they're not getting much supply of ball as well and they're getting swallowed up then because, the as you said, the counter-offensive is too slow and they get swallowed up when the ball does eventually reach them and there's no space for them to kind of get a shot away or get possession, etc. So, yeah, uh, there's absolutely merit in that, what he's saying. Um, Sean Logan said, Shawnee Martin going missing in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more. Were the I, lads I away on a little Nafina, trip, were they? Yeah, I think the Nafina lads had a little bit of a, an early season, um, pre-season <laughs> camp, training camp in Barcelona. Training camp in Barcelona, and yeah. it, it could have escalated. weather training camp. Yeah, yeah. That, they were brave men to bring Nafina men over to Barcelona. What were the things? Um, you know the manager isn't from around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, P.S. Tapes uh, wants to know, can the predictions this week be declared null and void because of the weather? Thanks. So I, I have absolutely no problem if he wants to make our little three-man uh, group null and void because I think he still ended up doing the best out of the three of us, didn't he? He did. I think he did, yeah. Uh, oh, no. I, well, did he? Um, I think I've closed the gap and I'm, I'm 10 points behind him now. Um, uh, no. Uh, that's the end of that one. Move on. <laughs> uh, Leo Weldon said uh, weather aside points from play in the last three games yeah um, what is the the scores from play in the last three games Davey God, I don't I don't have it to hand Mickey it, it wouldn't be much to be honest um, and that like like it is low um, it's it's just... definitely single digits I would say now yeah. that's excluding goals as well mm-hmm. just to state just points, yeah. yeah but we're going for points. Yeah, it would be single digits, yeah. And that would also be right. So there's a couple of things at play here. 
because the weather, that's one thing that's at play. Um, but also the slow transition from defence when we turn over the ball, not getting the ball forward into the uh, into the inside forwards quick enough. And our inside forwards are not scoring heavily or much uh, from play, which would suggest they're getting on ball, but they're swallowed up and they have to come back out the field and we have to recycle it. And then at that stage, you're talking 15 players behind the ball by the opposition and trying to score from play with 15 players in front of you is, is not easy. No, no, for sure. Evan Tobin wants snow hair is Aaron Lynch. I says it's probably in trim, but <laughs> that's a good that's a good question. And and and, and the, the answer is probably not trim. It could be anywhere. Um but the thing is is yeah, he's a player that we mentioned. He's probably the only player that we would suggest in the county that's good enough that hasn't had a chance in there. Would you agree with yes. that or anybody else? Yeah, that's probably the only one I can think of off the top of my head. The likes of Connor Quigley maybe could be um, given a chance as well. Connor Harford from Vincent's fellas like that. But by and large, I think you're right. I think everybody has got at least one bite at it over the last five or six years. Yeah, yeah. I do think that like Aaron Lynch could have and should have got a chance. Um, would he be the difference? The only way to know is, is if he was given a chance. He is the most exciting forward in Mead at the moment um, at, and, and was playing at intermediate level. I suppose next year when he's playing at senior level, um, it'll be interesting to see how Aaron Lynch does. Yeah. Uh, Sean Courtney said Ronan Jones and Colin Hickey were the two standout players. Ronan Jones, great to see him back and fit it in seamlessly. He, What I loved about him was he was going looking for the ball the whole time. Um, no matter what part of the pitch he was playing and he was the man looking for the ball and demanding the ball. That's that's something that um, any player can do. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, uh, if things are not going your way on the field, what you need to do is you need to go looking for the ball. But go looking for the ball in the right areas. Don't go from full forward back to the half back line just to get your hand on the ball. Um, demand the ball. When the ball gets up to the forward line, break away from your man looking for it. Roland Jones just does that all the time. I, I love watching Roland Jones play. Yeah. Um, Brian Flynn said, oh, and as for the ref today, shocking. And it, uh, I can I can vouch for that. He was, he was abysmal. He was terrible for, for both sides, not just for me. Then I think that's what probably Brian is alluding to there. I mean, some of the decisions were, were scandalous, like, you know, baffling decisions, really. Like, Blowing the ball, blowing the play up in the middle of an attack for nothing, but not exactly sure what he was blowing at first. We throw the ball up; it, it was crazy stuff. And to be to be honest, which I think it back to it, it probably was more against Down than it was Mead. Um, some really strange calls. Yeah, Noel Mooney from Cavan, uh, referee in that one, and has been touted for like all Ireland's um, in recent years, he was he was really, really making steps up. And then, yeah, he seems to have leveled out and whatever. Like that's, that's disappointing because only a couple of years ago, two or three, maybe four years ago, he was the next big thing. Like, and he hasn't reached those heights. So maybe there's something, there's an inconsistency somewhere. Give me Dublin Joe ahead of him any day, Mickey. Um, <laughs> Barry Monaghan is next in and he said Hickey superb Jordan Morris kicking for touch for Ulster soon come on Barry <laughs> harsh 
But um, yeah, it was a uh, like if 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 um, if you were kicking for touch from a penalty like that, that was a hell of a kick. Um, so yeah. it was right at the flag. It went back out, um, and and you could see him going running towards it, going, "I can't touch this now. It's coming back into me." But again, yeah, weather, you had to let it try and bounce. You yeah, had to yeah, let yeah. it go. Well, he, he couldn't even pick catch it after it bounced because he would have kicked it to himself. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, just again, That's it just right. showed how bad the weather was. Yeah, uh, Evan Connor said the Talton Cup now in two halves again. I think that's in alluding to the, the cup competition, which to be fair, Vincent's, I know they're the reigning and defending champions, but they're in the Cornabonia, so I don't think they should be worrying too much about the Talton Cup anymore. <laughs> Unless he's on about me in the Talton Cup, but look, we'll, uh, we'll presume that yeah, it's. Yeah, the- um, John Kelly said is John McCluskey still part of the coaching team paper said he was coaching us for a spell this year I'm, I'm not entirely sure I know Niall Ronan is still heavily yeah, involved I'm not sure is John McCluskey yeah Niall Ronan is the SNC because I was asking somebody um, recently about that because of the amount of soft tissue injuries and whatever that have you know plagued this team in the last number of months um, and I was just wondering who the SNC's coach was, and I was told it was Tyrone. Hmm. Uh, next one comes in from the man himself, Jelly, and he says, Brennan loves League of Ireland talk, Oriel Park rocking on Friday night. Yeah, he sent me the videos of, of Oriel Park, and it did look like some atmosphere. I did ask him, was it, you know, was it a little bit... Um, uh, dangerous, let's just say, or well, did, did he feel that it was a bit robust and whatever? He says, No, it was a good atmosphere. He says, If you're looking for danger and you're looking for, uh, you know, bad eggs and whatever, you know, it's the Dublin ones, the Shamrock Rovers, and all that. They bring, Both. they bring, yeah, they bring, they bring a different animal to these games and whatever. But he says, No, the, the, um, the Nundalk one, the Nundalk firm, let's just say, are, are soft, they just like to light flares and chant. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. John Kelly has a lengthy one in here, Mickey. He said, whoever finishes third or fourth uh, from bottom of Division 2 could still end up in the Talton Cup. If any Division 3 or 4 team reaches the provincial finals, they will take the place of the third from bottom team in Division 2. In Munster, Division 3 or 4 team could reach the Munster final, meaning the bottom three in Division 2 will be in the Talton, which means we need to finish out of the bottom three, maybe even bottom four to guarantee not Talton Cup only other way is reaching the provincial uh, final now first of all I don't think that comes in this year the Talton Cup I, I think that's next year I think it's the back door from this year um, and to the best of my knowledge it's a 16 team All-Ireland so you'd be mightily unlucky finishing third or fourth from bottom in Division 2 to go into that even when it does come in because you'd have 
hypothetically the eight from division one and you'd have the eight from division two now okay let's say two from division three or four get into a provincial final did replace the bottom two from division two it would be highly unlikely that the bottom three or four fourth place team from division two could be dislodged if that makes sense well, I don't think it's the bottom two in Division 2. Is it not? The winners of Division 3 and the winner of Division 4 are guaranteed a place in the All-Ireland. I think that could be it. So that means that third from bottom and fourth from bottom would be displaced if another team from Division 3 or 4 got to a provincial final. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah. It's But it would still be a 16-team All-Ireland and... You know, yep. that's assuming that the, the top, we'll say the top eight teams get to the provincial finals, which they won't, obviously. Like, there will be a couple of, you know, it could be a case of, but in Leinster, for example, you just don't know because um, Dublin could play Kildare in the semi final, which would mean that there's an opportunity for someone else to come through, similar to Cork and Kerry in Munster. But to the best of my knowledge, the Talton Cup does not come into play this year. I think that's going to hopefully be passed at Congress this coming weekend. And it would be for next year, essentially. So worst case scenario, and I mean worst case scenario, we did get relegated this year. I think we would have the opportunity to get ourselves out of Division 3 next year before facing the dreaded Taltic Cup. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, that's that. Um, that's that sorted. Yeah, that's clear as mud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Stephen Master, I don't think the GEF thought this one true but anyway um Stephen Masterson said James Tower's commitment to the football ahead of the hurling yeah um we heard about that one um he didn't feature this week Davy um with the footballers James Tower um but he has opted out of the hur- sorry he didn't feature this week with the footballers but he has opted out from the hurling team to join the football team um disappointing for the hurlers it's great for the footballers because he is an absolute warhorse and whatever, but um, the, the hurlers will be disappointed to lose him. Very much so, yeah. Ross White is next in, and uh, this is very good, by the way. He said, Curra has Tom O'Connor out of the cup as Ashburn's premier team manager. Oh, lovely. Tough um, start for Tom. Yeah, it's tough at the top. Tough at the top, but um, so their premier team are, are, are out of the cup, and uh, yeah, um, he must be on he must be on huge expenses though coming from Coral. Ah, he's massive money. Um <laughs> Shane Mangan uh is next in and he said Mead didn't look sorry, Mead didn't score from play after the tuck scully off. Missed his direct running and organizing of the press. Yeah, um was did he did he look like he was goosed or what, Davy? Why was he taking no, off? I, I didn't think so. I, and to be honest with you, he he had a brilliant turnover just underneath the stand a matter of moments before he was actually withdrawn. So I was a little bit surprised to see him taken off and got the goal, obviously, in the first half and was a live wire throughout. Um, he's probably what we need. And look, at I, I would say he's nailed on starter for Saturday anyway. But um, I thought he was a little bit unlucky to maybe be withdrawn at that point of the game but I can maybe understand why they did it because they were trying to get what might be perceived as more clinical forwards on when we were chasing the game if that makes sense but that didn't obviously materialise he was a loss in hindsight absolutely yeah yeah probably didn't realise how much of a loss he was until 
he was gone. It's, it's that old adage, you don't know what you have until you lose it or whatever. So, um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's it for Instagram Interactive, uh, Marathon Instagram Interactive this week. Marathon Insta- Instagram Interactive. Davey, I suppose, like, you know, me, seven yourself, hitting it there, you know, like, there's nobody missing from the clubs and me that the best players in Mead and on this Mead team. Um, Barn, like the only one that we can think of off the top of our heads who, you know, would be an exciting prospect would be Aaron Lynch or whatever. But, you know, I do, I, 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 I'm of the opinion that this time of the year, it's a lottery with these games, especially with injuries. So many lads get injured at this time of the year in the wet ground and the soft ground and whatever, and you're training hard and whatever. And, you know, it's, it, it, I suppose, added all that into it. And um, it's been a really tough start to the league for Andy and the lads. It has, yeah. I think we, we sort of worried after the first two games we felt we needed. At that stage, we were thinking about promotion and we thought that we needed at least a win from the two games. <laughs> we didn't say the down game was must win. We, we did say it was must not lose. And OK, we didn't lose it, but, you know, obviously we were desiring a win. I mean, what it does is looking at it cynically from sort of relegation goggles on, there's ourselves awfully down and Cork at the moment, you'd have to say. Clare look to be clear, but they've got four points. They've, they've been really good. Um, Offley's a massive game. If you, you have to win Offley. If you don't, you, you're bang up against it. I think two wins more for me would be enough. I think Offley and Cork would be the games on paper you'd be looking at that would give you five points and the likelihood is that would be enough based on the, the teams around us and stuff. Um, yeah. We would still have Claire to play in Ennis and Derry then at home on the last day. But ultimately it boils down to this weekend and a trip to Tullamore. It's a massive game. They'll be looking at it the exact same way. They've had the two, three week gap now, awfully, that no game last weekend. And me coming to town low in confidence at a low ebb, John Mohan will be relishing this game and, Mead fans needn't go down thinking this is going to be a cakewalk or anything of the sorts. This is going to be a tough game for us. And if we can come out of there with a result of any kind, I would say um, it would be a job well done and we can look forward then to, to Cork the following week or whatever. But it's a massive, massive game for Mead. I know we were talking about promotion and whatever and we were talking at the start of the league with the first two games. Were we probably a little bit too optimistic considering the amount of players that Mead were missing at the start of the league, Davey? I think, I think to be fair, the fixtures weren't kind to us either. You know, Galway first and Roscommon second was always likely to be a very difficult start. Um, had there been other games, maybe you could have possibly got a win or two under your belt, then got Ronan Jones back, and then whoever else, maybe towards the latter stages of the league for the big games, if you will. That didn't materialise. I think when you're a county like me, you're always going to look at promotion at the start of the year. That always has to be the objective. Objective, Sorry, you can't say, oh, you know, to avoid relegation will be a good season for us. At this stage now, that's... Oh, all, absolutely. You know what I mean? Or, or Being realistic. Being realistic, well, I suppose. Like, we, we were looking at it and we were like going, yeah, like... We, and I suppose midfield has been a hard place to... to um, look the, that was probably the toughest area for us in the first couple of games. And... Having Roland Jones back is a, is a huge addition. Um, are we likely, do you think, to see Mento or McGill back uh, in the coming weeks? Or I, I, I'd be surprised if you see them before the end of the league, to be honest with you, Mickey. 
Um, if you don't see them James Tolmer's carrying a knock as well like there's a few Breen Conlon as you know as well what you have is what you have at the minute I think yeah and if you don't see them guys before the end of the league it's going to be very hard for them to get into the championship which comes around very quickly after the end of the league Davey so you'd nearly be hoping to get some game time into them or we need to get a settled team that's one thing that we need to do because we don't have a settled team because of the amount of injuries we're taking at the minute yeah, and, and that's the concern. You'd like to think now that, okay, the team that faced down by and large would be a similar one because we haven't had the same starting 15 for any game this year. And that's including our Brown Cup games. Like we played, what have we played? Five games in all this year. And we haven't had anything remotely close to the same starting 15 week on week. I think if we get that consistency, as you mentioned, Mickey, the performance levels will increase. The, the sort of chemistry and symmetry between the lads will as well. So... Um, all roads lead to Tullamore and we, we just have to try and grind this out and get a win and I think we'll come on from it if we do you know Saturday half two in Tullamore uh, Borden Amona O'Connor Park Mead versus Offaly huge game um, for Mead next weekend we wish Andy and the lads the very best of luck the ladies of course they're not out for a couple of weeks they're out on Saturday the 5th of March they'll be playing against Dublin the Mead under 20s football team are out next Saturday um, against Leash, that is in um, a Mead venue. We're not sure of it just yet. And the Camogues are out next Saturday as well. They're down in Wexford, in Wexford Park, to take on uh, Wexford and uh, the, t- the league, the table toppers in Division 2 of the Littlewoods um, uh, Camogie uh, Division 2. So we wish them all the very best. Look, have I missed out on any of the fixtures, Davy? I don't think there are the hurlers out next weekend. The hurlers are at home to Westmead on Sunday, Sunday in Trimmicky at two o'clock. Yeah, exactly. How could I forget about that one? So, uh, yeah, massive weekend of um, uh, of fixtures for our county teams, and who knows? You never know. We might even see some of the cup competitions, uh, the 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 games that were postponed last weekend being played. But uh, we'll have to wait until later in the week. Look, that's it from this episode of your We Are Me podcast. Remember, we are me. Why? 